Sama, welcome to the Commerce Talks podcast together with Lina, who is co-hosting this episode until she has to run uh, for moderating something on stage. Um, please tell us who you are and what your company is doing. So my name is Samer Sap. I work as the Chief Product Officer in Flowered. So starting with Flowered, we are an online platform for gifting. We have started as Flowers platform and then we moved into the gifting platform. We're more of a retailer, so which means that we buy and sell our own products. So we'll procure and bring the flowers. Now we have been in multiple countries, Saudi Arabia, UAE, Qatar, Kuwait, Bahrain, Oman, Egypt, and even in London. And uh, we have been growing super fast this period, and we're aiming to even double down on the gifting as flowers as well. And, 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 I, and I read in, 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 the, uh, in my preparation, you got like a 156 million Series C funding. Yes, we have just. So posted. there must be a huge flower market when, <laughs> when, because like the people that are giving you the funding, they want the money back uh, at some time in the future. So actually, like it wasn't that we needed the cash, but uh, going into gifting and being a retailer, we wanted to buy and acquire companies. So we acquired Mubkhar last year, which is a fragrance uh, local brand. And we aim to acquire more local brands and incorporate them in our flower gifting brand. Okay, before I hand over to Lina, who has like, I don't know, 10 questions, because she's more like the flower recipient here in this, uh, in this round. Can you give us an overview of the flower market? Is it like, um, is it like perfumes, for example? We had um, Ronnie from Golden Sand here in the podcast, and he told us like perfumes uh, uh, is like five times the size uh, per capita compared to like European market. So what is with flowers? Because flowers are not growing outside the street here. It's like really a thing you have to import or you have to grow artificially somehow. So I think. In this region, we have been lucky uh, by two things. The first thing is COVID. So we have seen a lot of growth, especially here in Saudi Arabia uh, through COVID, but more about the culture in this region. So we um, position ourselves as a luxury brand. So um, it's more of how do you present very, very high quality flowers and put like um, selection that you don't find in the market easily. Yeah. And that helped us to penetrate this market because when you talk about the gifting itself in this yeah. region, you know, like uh, in this region, we tend to be very generous in gifting. It represents us. It reflects how our love does is worth for us. And that helps us to grow a lot in this region. So I would say that flowers and gifting in this region is huge. I wouldn't say that it's as big as the flower market, let's say in London, but it's picking up and it's growing at a faster pace. And on the other side, the average order value basket is is very high. So it's higher than other places. Okay, before I go into the details about the business uh, model, Lina, do you have a perspective on the flower market here? So how many flowers are you getting? How many bouquets is your husband giving you on a weekly basis, daily basis maybe? Let me tell, me, tell you that first of all, when uh, I moved to this region, the shock was that how expensive of course. Okay, so it's a lot more expensive than anywhere else, let's say in European market. And for what you get... But expensive, how? You, you know, you have only lived in expensive cities. So I would pay like uh, 20 euros for a nice bouquet of flowers where my wife would not uh, beat me and uh, throw it away. So like an, and a nice bouquet is like this size or so, different set of flowers. No, what, so is this expensive already? Uh, no, no, no. So here, you know, you would, you would be paying, let's say, 50 US dollars for a bouquet, which is just okay. Like you will send to a friend for a birthday, just a, you know, like a regular birthday, and it will be 50 US dollars for a bouquet. If you want to send someone like, let's say, a nice bouquet of flowers, right? So like a, whether it's a 
baby shower, uh, birthday, like 30 or 40 or 50 birthday, you would be paying way above 100 US dollars for a bouquet, way above that. Oh, okay. So that's what I mean. It's expensive. So I totally agree with him when he says that the average order value is quite high. And, um, but you also have a lot of players and the interesting. So that was one for me, like the price. The second thing was that you can't really negotiate. I was used to like the European, you know, like a market. You can go to a market, you know, and buy a bouquet of flowers and kind of say to them what you want. Here, you can't really say like flowers. I treat it like, like a proper gift like a proper, proper gift, and uh, you are expected to pay for it. So like if I would have a m my mother staying in Dubai during Mother's Day, the bouquet of flowers would cost me, let's say, 3x or 4x and compared to what I would send her in London or like Lithuania, right? So the price, I think it's a key differenti differentiator. And uh, another thing is different is that we don't really have seasons. You know, in Europe, you always have a season for the certain type of flower. And you expect, like people expect you to, I don't know, send some certain type of flowers for like Easter, uh, if it's in the summer, you know, because there's different seasons. As you said, you know, we import here because we import, you can get the orchid 365 days. Okay. So there's no like orchid season. It's, it's 365 days. But is it true, Summer? Are you importing everything or is there like a local production facilities? So that depends on the market. It depends on where we are. So in Saudi Arabia, there is a big portion that is local market, like Tabuk. Like there is places where they produce very, very high quality uh, flowers. In other places where there is no abundance of local supply, uh, yeah, we would get it from um, uh, Kenya, Ecuador, or even uh, Amsterdam, Netherlands. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, and uh, tell me, how does it work with the online uh, business? I guess like the flower market was like a brick and mortar retail market before the online uh, services entered the market. So you would went to like a flower shop yep. and order your bouquet. How, yep. how does it work here? So I think this is where, again, we were lucky with the COVID. This created a huge boost, especially in Saudi Arabia and in Qatar. And I would say that what makes flower a little bit more differentiated is the um, reliability. So we, because we are a retailer, we own the whole experience end to end. Um, we are able to deliver on time. We have one of the highest on time delivery rates that I've seen in even other e-commerces in the region. And that created this kind of, if, if you have missed on an occasion and you want it now and you want something that would reflect really the worth of your loved ones, you will go to Flower because you know they're reliable. You know that their brand perceived as a very luxury and it's it's like you're gifting him a very good thing. And our collection is very, very unique with a high quality of flowers. So that helped us a lot into penetrating this market and eating from even the online offline market. So though, though you're not differentiating on price. You're not saying because you're a scalable no, online no. business, you get like a bouquet for no, for no. lower price We're not than the local into this sector at no. all. Yeah, oh, okay. Like the supermarket kind of bouquets and these things. We we don't sell these and we don't want to go there. But does it mean that your market is also a bit more uh, um, more focused or slower on the top low, upper end of the market? Because obviously the ones that just need a, uh, I forget a birthday person, I need to visit Lina in in, uh, in in her office in Dubai, I don't have anything, uh, um, then... I just go to the next, I don't know. In, in Germany, you can buy uh, bouquets at uh, gas stations. Uh, but that's that's like a different kind of uh, set, right? That was our entry point. But then when we were perceived as a good brand for gifting, and once we started to penetrate other verticals of gifting other than flowers, 
this is where we became the everyday occasion. So if you want a birthday occasion that's very unique, you won't find something like it, you would go to Flowered. So that part helped us to grow even more and not just focus only on the flowers. It's more of the gifting, the experience, the occasion, the what we call the moment and how to capture the moment, how to make sure that it's very special. And uh, I think this is what makes Flowered very unique in the region. Is, can local flower shops connect to your kind of business? No, Are you following a marketplace no, no, no. approach or is it like a pure yeah, pure retail approach? This is how we bring this kind of reliability because we own this experience end to end. And this is how we are able to compete with the others because the others, it's very hard in a marketplace model to, to, to control the experience because there is a third party with the quality of the third party, with the fulfillment of the third party. This creates this kind of lack of reliability and this is where we perfected the quality and the reliability, which is more needed for the gift end. When you want a gift, you don't want any surprise. It's different than food, other stuff which you can return because basically you're not buying for yourself. You're buying for somebody else. So there is no room for returns. There's no room for mistakes. So the return rate is zero then? Almost there, except like if there is a problem between the sender and the recipient and he actually rejects the gift. It's not that he doesn't... Is it your problem or is it the sender's problem? So I let's say I send Lena a bouquet of flowers and uh, I, I, I pay for it, but she rejects the the the, uh, the on the receiving end uh, when the flowers are delivered in, in her office, then you have to pay for it? As a... we, like it's a very small sector, a small uh, percentage. And again, if I want to provide you with an experience, so I will take this hit. It's, it's not, it's the customer first. You try to gift somebody, he rejected, it's fine. We're with you. We're behind you. It's fine. We're spreading the love. I mean, very interesting, you know, and I just say it's kind of the market where you can kind of just have a WhatsApp or um, a simple website. And as long as you provide the experience and you sure uh, like, like company, like people trust your brand, you're good to go and you're growing. So tell us what does chief product officer does in a, such a business and what's maybe your role and how do you see, you know, like, mm. like how do you shape it? Are you in charge of the tech? Are you in charge of all that end-to-end -end experience? Tell us yeah. and the speakers and the listeners more about what, what do you do in such a company? Because you come from some incredible brands in the region and you helped to build in your career like what we know now, uh, biggest marketplaces here, biggest transport vendors, the super apps. Yeah. So what's your role at Flower now? So it, it was my first question as well before <laughs> joining Flower. Like, why do you need me? What's the problem? And I think um, here's the interesting part. We're online provider and we have all the challenges of the online provider. So discovery and how do we acquire users? That's a digital presence that you need to build products for it the retention rate and how to make sure that customers come back, how to create this soft lock. Again, this is something. And then at last, since we are a retail, so all the fulfillment technologies in-house, so we need to build these technologies. Like if I would say what we're focusing on in this period, it's how do we improve the discovery? Because again, we have lots of SKUs. So we have the same problem of you're coming in and, and actually this is a bigger problem. You're not buying for yourself. So you're confused. You don't know like what would my loved one or, or recipient would like. So we're not solving for you. We don't use the normal uh, recommendation engines, which is built on your own habit and behavior, because it's not your behavior, it's the behavior of your recipient, which we don't know anything about. 
So that's one of the biggest problems. The second problem is almost more than 70% of our customers, they don't know the address of the recipient. They might know the location, they might know the area, but the exact address, they don't know. How, how, do, you, how do you solve this? So we start with this kind of, actually, this is one of our differentiating points, which is ask recipient. So when you add the address, don't bother, don't tell us anything, just toggle on ask recipient. And now it's becoming the default even toggle, like we'll, we'll figure it out. So that becomes the start. So even when the order can be delivered, it's something that we can take care of. Just tell us on a day, when do you want it? I will figure it out with the recipient at what time. And, 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 and what are you getting like from, you're getting like the recipient's email address or phone number? Mobile or? number. So mobile mo number. Mobile number. So the, the recipient knows there's a bouquet of flowers coming. So that's what happens. It, it depends. If he wants it anonymous, we just send him a WhatsApp telling him that somebody is, wants to send you a gift. But, but if a, the other doesn't creepy. check the anonymous, well, you'll be surprised. Like, <laughs> yeah. But again, he has the number. He has the mobile number. And uh, that allows, and this is from there, the percentage of rejected gifts. And um, it's not that big. We thought it's going to be a big problem. It's not. People really love receiving gifts. People really love surprises. And that experience is, is something that created this flower uh, experience. So that journey of how do we collect the address without nagging really the recipient is a very tricky one. Um, where we started doing it manually and then we started automating it. Another one, which is what is it's a unique feature, which is the QR code. So when you receive this kind of a card with the gift, there is a QR code. You scan it and then you have like a video message from the sender. So it's become more interactive experience. And then the last feature that we have uh, rolled out, which is say thank you. Now, capturing this moment, mostly when you send a gift, you want to know what was the reaction, how did it go, and you wait for the WhatsApp message coming from the recipient. So we ended it that within this QR code, you can send a message back to the recipient, a video or a message. And we have seen a lot of adoption on these two features. So again, these soft locks, these kinds of unique kind of uh, locks for the experience, how do you make this moment not about just the gift? It's all about the experience around the gift. So this is where the product organization come to make sure that we make it well-rounded experience. Mm -hmm. And do you think that these features what make you unique and help you grow and scale across the region? Because how did you decide it, for example, like I work with the countries you mentioned and they all have very different consumers, very different buying power, right? So even if you compare UAE and Saudi consumers, you know, they're, they're quite different. So what made you decide to scale? You know, did you just test in one market and you saw that uh, all these features work, let's try? Or you, because you raised money, you're like, right, we, we just have to go and penetrate the market as soon as possible. Um, no. It, so another part that we are very strong and we've built a lot and invested a lot in, in lately is data. So we're a very data-driven company. Uh, yes, we do test markets and there's a different ways where we have lots of access of research data, how do we collect it and all of that. But then when we start, we look very aggressively on specific uh, data points. For instance, we have developed a model that makes a score for each product. So we understand if this score, in which bucket, is this an underperformer or overachiever with like 16 different variants of scoring of this product. And then we can understand in the market, what are the products that's really working well? And we start boosting more of the likes of it and which products are dying and automatically we kill. Like just 
recycle and get new kind of things. I think we're more of a retail, which means category is a bigger player. If I would rank like what is very important for flower, it's category number one, product and tech number two, and logistics fulfillment number three um, as driver for scale. Because I would like, if you were asking me uh, uh, this question about like, give me like the 10 strategic like um, KPIs for such a business, I would have mm -hmm. put like logistics on number one, like getting all the fresh uh, fresh flowers from Amsterdam or from, from Africa, whatever, in a central warehouse, doing a, doing a smart selection process that like, I don't know, the, the one who is doing the bouquet it doesn't need to run like from one corner to another corner in uh, in the warehouse, but everything is like in one place that you have like a high productivity per place because the ingredients from my point of view are like super, are super expensive when you're super inefficient on this side. That were that would have been my, uh, uh, my, my, my expectation. But you say this is just, you need to be good at it, but you need, you don't know be, You don't need to be perfect at it. It's better to focus on the customer experience side. So let me rephrase it a little bit differently. In my experience in all startups, startups go into different phases of scale. So you start with the very early adopters, people who are tech savvy. You start with them and then you nail them. You start re raising your seat round and all of that. And then you saturate. And then you move to the um, a little bit of the bigger market. And that needs a totally different product market fit. And then you do the same thing. You raise round A, round B, and ready for the mass market. And that's a totally different beast where you totally need a totally different product market fit. And most of the startups like fall in this chasm between these two market segments. And accordingly, what you need for this phase differs from one part to another. Now, for Flowered, we have mastered the fulfillment, operations, reliability, like having the highest... Uh, delivery rates on time and having the highest efficiency and utilization rates for drivers and all of these metrics checked. Now, what's part of the product market fit, the next part is, as you said, the mass market differs. Once we start tapping into more and more of the offline players, the people who are not used to the online, this is where now the category and product play the biggest role. Maybe in the next phase the product market fit will change and we'll have to shift focus to the fulfillment and logistics again because the scale will be huge and it's a totally different beast. Can, can you walk us through this kind of logistics journey a bit? Like order comes in and because of your uh, uh, product marketing expertise uh, or your product expertise, it's obviously a good experience, but then the order is placed. So yes. what, what happens then? Can you go, it's like, where where's the warehouses? Are there like, has every city like its own warehouses? Is there like one in the region and then you ship like next day so how does it work so um first like the order the, the customer chooses um the product he chooses the time slot let's say like whatever there's a time slot of two to four hours depends on the um country itself so in some countries we'll do same day hours. same yeah. day or next same day, day. Oh, same same day. day. Yeah. actually more than 75 of our orders are same day The people who plan are like very, even in valentine that was like shocking we we start to encourage pre-order pre-order Please make sure to pre-order. We'll give you even anything but pre-order, free deliver, pre-order. And they don't. No? They just no. buy on the same day. 
Yeah. Convenience here uh, in this I, region I, I, is I, I, have to, I have to admit that's the way how I order flowers. I, I usually do it a day before because we don't have same-day delivery services, but I can send I send a WhatsApp message to our flower guy next village. Uh, there's no delivery options, uh, yeah. uh, and then he, he will do this, uh, the job. I, I would like to circle back to the convenience part, but in the fulfillment cycle, once we get this time slot, now we start having some kind of... Uh, first, we have to collect the address. And collecting the address might influence this time slot. So if the recipient does not reply within the time of the time slot, we'll have to communicate to the sender telling him that you were not able to collect the address. If you can help us, that would be great. But we're going to continue trying. And um, we eventually get it. Like it's, it's like very, very small number of orders that get canceled because we did not collect the address. Again, we thought that would be a big problem. Turned out not to be. Now, once it gets, you have to understand like in some places like here, we have two fulfillment centers. In other, all other, we have one fulfillment center that serves the whole region. So we have to understand first if this order has something to be prepared. So if this is pre-produced or a produced. So we have bouquet flowers really pre-produced ready or we need to produce it now. And that dictates when we're going to start the production by the time that it's ready for the pick, pack, ship so that it goes and grouped with other orders to minimize and make it very efficient for the driver to go and connect. But a custom bouquet, what is like the picking time for it? Because if it's custom, then there's no ready-on-the-shelf bouquet. It depends on the complexity of the bouquet and, and, and preparing. $100, it dollars, 15 $100. Minutes. 15 minutes, yeah, to prepare. That's a lot of time. That's the most complicated one. Yes, it would take 15 minutes. So capacity planning is one of the biggest topics that we are really mastering. How do we prepare this capacity planning? How do we turn on and turn off time slot based on the capacity of the florists and the drivers? As we are in Riyadh, maybe let's focus on like the Riyadh customer journey. So uh, it's going to be, I guess, like there's in a warehouse facility close to Riyadh. So it's going to be produced. Within Riyadh. We have two yeah. within Riyadh, yeah. Two within Riyadh. Yeah. Okay. And then if, you are, if I order in Dammam or Jeddah, There is another one in Dammam. You need like for every major city, you need... Not necessarily. Them. depends on the the number of orders. Okay. Like you for could instance, you could fulfill yeah. Abu Dhabi from Dubai, for example. Actually, Sharjah from Dubai. But okay. Abu Dhabi is actually one of the biggest cities. Okay. So Got it. it okay, but let, let, let's focus on Riyadh. So there's like a warehouse facility or two here in Riyadh. Now it's uh, now now it's picked. Um, how does the shipment process work? Because you cannot pick it, you cannot put it like in a dense box and like uh, squeeze it together. So it must be like the flowers needs to breathe and they need water somehow. How is this working? So we have our uh, refrigerators in the warehouse and they're put in buckets. And whenever a orders come, we group these orders and then the picker goes and pick these flowers, like the number of flowers needed, and they put them in another bucket with water and preparation. And the whole facility is refrigerated like it's conditioned. So uh, taking care of these flowers within the picking and putting yeah. them to the floors is a very delicate matter. Then the head floors start to assign the orders on the florists. And once they're ready, they're marked ready for the picker to come and pick and put it for the packing and shipping. Pick, chap, uh, pick pack ship doesn't take that much of time. It should be like in five minutes, done. How does, it, how, how does it look? Is it like shipped in a bucket or is it like in a box or how does it ship? No, no, so it... Again, it depends on the way it is. So we have in our trucks some kind of uh, uh, in-house made uh, fitting things so that when we put it, it put fit in like a foam thing so they don't wiggle within the delivery. Um, but the whole process, there are like some trolleys and boxes that are really like designed so that 
they're put, they don't fall, they don't get messed up. And the handover, let's go back to Lina's example, the flower bouquet I, I ordered for her. The handover, is it done like it's an open bouquet or is it like it's a packed No, thing? no, no, it's an open bouquet. Ah, okay. Yeah. Like, you will be surprised, like, flowers are delicate, but they're resilient. They would stay for a while. They, they would take hits. It's not that they would get broken or get yeah. damaged really, really quickly just for some heat, especially in Saudi Arabia and UAE with the heat. Um, and this is why flowers are expensive. Because we do not pick any kind of flowers. We pick the stems that are really, really unique that can uh, tolerate these kind of weathers. They don't weather really easily. They would come to you fresh. And even like the stem length would make a difference in how long it can survive and how long it can take and in the price. What is, what is the, um, not shelf time, like the, let's say the, um, the, the dinner table time for a bouquet, how long does it hold? Again, it depends on the type. Like some types would even like lilies would stay for a week. Okay. If you treat them well, they can survive for a week. Okay. So I think, you know, like now as we understand the business model, let's switch a bit to the consumer and actually the market and the growth. That element is you, as you pointed out, a lot of the startups in this region, you know, kind of, they are very, very successful, as you mentioned at the start. And then that scale, succeed in other countries, replicate the model. That's where most of the challenges come from. And for you, what I believe is you guys were definitely the first in the market in terms of that convenience element, the choice, and the very, very strong and powerful brand, right? So I, would, I believe that Flower Now is known as a, as a brand for gifts and, and flowers. But COVID also showed that like players like InstaShops started to digitize all the flower shops that couldn't couldn't digitize themselves right and all that logistics element of the address of uh, communicating the consumer like instant shop let's say automated right so you come you select they already showed you three four five uh, flower shops that deliver locally to i don't know i live on palm jumeirah in, in in dubai so i i can go select and uh, you know and then straight away i nearly can whatsapp them and it's it's it is quite convenient so how do you compete With this, do you see that they are the threat to you? Do you see that these marketplaces like InstaShop or aggregators kind of threatening your business or market share? Where do you stand in terms of that? So to answer this, like from my experience in this region and, and yeah. e-commerce in this region, as similar to other e-commerce in other regions, went through three phases of maturity. So customers want three things. They want a very a price. So they want the most affordable, cheapest price. They want variety, so they want lots of variety to choose from, and they want convenience. They want it now, like in five minutes. Correct, minutes. Yeah. So when e-commerce started back in the early days of Sue.com, and they started with attracting the customers who want price. It was all about deals, discounts. You go online to get the cheapest thing. This is how it went. And this acquired lots of users. And then in the next phase of maturity in the region where we started to tap into the variety. People go to online because it's more variety. There are lots of more, like you can see lots of products more than you go offline and see them. And that was fueled by Amazon, Noon, uh, the food delivery. And the last step which we're living right now, which is the convenience, and this is the last stage of maturity of e-commerce. And in convenience, people want it now. I want it from the comfort of my Uh, so far, I want it now. So people go to e-commerce because the convenience now, and that's the best. Like we're now at the maturity stage of other developed work and we're penetrating this market. We have lots of growth. The problem is you can never have the three. 
even in offline, you can never have the three. If you take price, that means you have big warehouses that are far away and that you bring in bulks to get the cheap price to turn it to the customer, which make you lose on the convenience. If you want the convenience, that means you want very like proximity kind of warehouses where you have a very small and high rent and you cannot put too much selections, but you get the convenience and you lose on the variety and the price. In all the industries, it's still very hard to crack the three and offer the three to the customer. I feel that online are more positioned to do that. But again, like you can never have the three. Whoever is going to crack it first is going to eat the market in gifting, in grocery, in everywhere. Now, when we look at gifting, this is where you need to set yourself and decide which one I'm going to deliver the best. And then how can I move to the next part? What we have decided is that what we want to do is the convenience. This is the most important part. When you look at gifting, it's not just the convenience from the uh, comfort of your uh, living room. It's more about even the reliability of the delivery, the experience itself, like the whole thing, this convenient kind of gifting experience rather than going, picking a gift from here, flowers from there, creating the whole thing, creating the surprise. We take care of it for you. Now, this is where we have the market segment is totally different than the Talabat market segment, the, the people who are looking for flowers, maybe for personal use or like, I remembered you, here, here's some flowers. No, it's, it's about, I really appreciate, like, it's a very special moment. I want to share it with you and flower did there. So that makes us a little bit different. away from this kind of competition, allowing to give the customer a specific experience. That doesn't mean that we don't have competition. But but uh, does, does it work like in the in the online uh, customer acquisition world? Because um, if I think about like how e-commerce companies are doing marketing, they uh, focus they focus on very very easy to communicate KPIs. It could be selection, could be like you have you could have like an arrange of flowers or products that are like easy uh, or that are hard to handle like for 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 a small uh, for a small shop. Could be bundles, for example, or a huge shop with good prices, whatever. This is kind of the online marketing strategy. Then you focus like per flower type on a certain like keyword strategy and trying to get the customers uh, in, I don't know, um, 10 colors of lily for, uh, for, uh, for, for example. And then plus the city name. It's like um, violet, lily, uh, Jeddah, uh, now cheap. So this is like usually like the uh, SE, uh, SEA strategy uh, for e-commerce companies. How, how is it working in your case? Because you, yes, COVID was a, a good a good accelerator for the business, but now you're still, you're back in the normal game trying to win and acquire customers. How do you do it? Occasions. So it's all about the occasions, right? So Valentine's, Mother's Days, Father's Days, graduation. These big occasions are our like bread and butter right now. So I, I don't want to like, we own these occasions. Whenever you think of these occasions, like our customer, the first thing that pops into their mind is flowered. So I'm going to get flowered, the Father's Day's gift, Mother's Day, Valentine. This is where we see lots of surge in. Now, the challenge that you want to do is tap into the daily occasions. Your birthday, your um, anniversary, your uh, um, housewarming, uh, baby born. These kind of occasions, this is where we're expanding right now and even starting to own. So birthday is our big focus. We're going to move into occasion by occasion. What is your market share then in, in, in the region? What do you think is like from all the flowers delivered in, in the region here in GCC, what is your market share? 
I cannot share exact, but we're we're substantial. But you can you can share what we're, do you believe your market share is? We're substantial. We're substantial, especially like when you talk about Saudi Arabia and UAE and Qatar. We're substantial. Okay. Okay. So that's why you, I guess, you have to expand into other categories if you wanna, exactly. you know, g- grow even further and because that segment of other occasion, you know, like if you're not able to, you know, convince, let's say, my mother and my father to go online and shop for flowers because that's just the user behavior. You kind of need to add extra categories to continue having me as a customer, so I shop with you more often rather yeah. than just for these occasions. I think this is the biggest challenge, uh, and this is what we're cracking right now because, uh, again, we want to be gifting, want to be experienced. Flowers is just one part. Yeah, There are lots of other verticals. However, we don't want to play the game of marketplace because if we do that, we're going to lose. If we're going to go into the depth... Be- because you're losing on your value proposition experience and convenience. We cannot. If we're retail, if we want to manage this, it's going to be super, super expensive. Like our competitors' marketplace, if they want to add like 20,000 SKUs tomorrow, they just do it like that. For us, it's deals has to be signed. It's warehouses have to be uh, fulfilled. Forecasting, like it's a huge, huge thing or else we're going to eat from our margin. And we're very profitable. So we don't want to lose that. So the only way to do that is we don't want to play the game of the marketplace, we want to be very unique. It's not about the variety. This is why, again, we don't want to go through the variety and all of that. It's about how to find a unique, if you're looking for a, a watch, it's not about finding all the watches and selecting which watch. It's about finding the perfect gift experience of a watch that you won't find anywhere else. We can do co-branding with some brands, but it's all about the packaging, the experience, all of that, that you cannot find anywhere else. This is how you build a brand rather than a competition on price and so you're just finding the cheapest I will, thing. I will definitely take your, your learning on the like marketplace uh, challenges and like differentiation between your model and marketplaces like into some of the next um, episodes. Uh, like we are coming to an end. I saw like the next guest already knocking, <laughs> knocking on the door. Yeah, I would have like a, a couple of more questions, but uh, it was a pleasure having you in uh, in the podcast. It's a really cool business. Um, I I might have a couple of occasions coming up tomorrow. Yeah. So I will definitely figure figure out your definitely. your platform. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, they're very reliable. You yeah. can definitely trust them to deliver. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you a lot.